What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. RBC Canadian Open. The, the Canadians pulled through. It only took, what, 70 years for them to decide to come out and win one for once. Um, it was a wild week. What'd you think? Yeah, well, first off, my condolences to Tommy Fleetwood. Probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Um, I just saw a stat from PGA Tour that said that was his 30th top five finish without a win. Yeah, I mean, to lose it on an eagle putt, um, on a 72-foot eagle putt, let me say, um, is a tough one for sure. I mean, he was he was due, but in all, in all reality, when I look through what was going on, he had, I mean, what, 10, 15 footers on the second and third playoff hole in order to win that he missed. Maybe it was the first and the third. He had, he had two opportunities, I want to say, to win it. And he, I don't know if he just didn't, but he didn't capitalize on those opportunities like I think a winner would have. I felt like he was playing extremely defensive um, for a guy that had has yet, who has been yet to win on tour. And I think it showed. Um, and I think Nick Taylor just had a moment where he was like, yeah, I'm going to be slightly aggressive on this putt. And it worked out well for him. And that's why he's the winner. Yeah. And shout out Adam Hadwin um, for those who, <laughs> are living under a rock that was probably the if if that i don't know what that's getting more attention than nick taylor winning which is sad it is sad there's winning was one of the coolest things that i think a lot of golf people can stand behind it especially in canada but adam hadwin getting tackled was like trending on twitter it u.s open had pended his locker with a hard <laughs> hat and a vest yeah, um, and canadian story his wife tweeted out out that he actually apologized to the security guard, which in defense of everyone, that guy's job, the security guard's job is to make sure those players get tackled or don't get tackled. So when you have a split second decision, I'm fully standing behind that security guard. Yeah, there's there's no judgment on the security guard there. He did he did what he had to do. Um again, kind of funny because he's a PGA tour guy. Uh, but hey, good form. I mean, hey, if you're an MLB team or, or not MLB, if you're an NFL team and you're looking for like a linebacker. I mean, that was a pretty, that was pretty clear-cut form tackle right there on Adam Hadwin, and that was not the uh, the worst thing of all time. All right, well, let's kind of dig into it a little bit. I think me and you had very, I'll say, interesting weeks. Um, we had a few misses between the two of us, but I think overall we ended up both having positive-ish weeks um, on different fronts. So do you kind of want to go through, like, your DraftKings lineup? Or, or let me start you with this. Was there anybody last week that that you you know had who struggled or maybe played better than you anticipated? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I think the guys that I was most confident in ended up losing or missing the cut. Yeah. And then the guys that I was least confident in ended up doing well for better or for worse. So gotcha. That was kind of my week starting in DraftKings. Um, won money with four of six, including Keith Mitchell and Aaron Baddeley, two of the guys that I stood behind tremendously this week, missing yeah. the cut. So. Very happy to walk out with money on four for six. Yeah, um, you know, four for six was the theme for us this week. Um, I was a similar way on DraftKings. I'm going to start off. My biggest surprise was probably C.T. Pan finishing T-third. Um, if you listen to the podcast last week, I was stuck between two guys that have both come off of injuries in the past that I anticipated and I wanted to look into this week. One of them was Brent Snedeker. The other was C.T. Pan. Um, Brent Snedeker finished probably 156th out of 160 guys. C.T. Pan finished T-third. Um, I just need you to realize I took Snedeker, which was the mistake. So I had the right formula. I was headed down to two guys. I just picked the wrong guy in this instance. Uh, but in all honesty, I still cash in DraftKings. I went four for six, just like Jack. Um, I had Hatton, who was T3. I had Justin Rose, who was eighth. Uh, Nikolai, who missed a cut, and then Brandon Wu was also T8. 
Ben Martin missed the cut, and then Sam Bennett was T20. So I went four for six, but all four of my guys were top 20 with three in the top eight. So it's a pretty quick way to make the make a little bit of money on DraftKings, and that worked out well for me. Uh, what about your FanDuel? How'd your FanDuel do? Yeah, we can kind of bypass that one really quickly. Not a great okay. week. Um, Aaron Baddeley, Keith Mitchell, Sam Burns all missed the cut, so three right off the rip. Doug Kim performed well, and so did Terrell Hatton, and then um, Michael Kim just kind of middle of the road for making a cut. There you go. Yeah, no, um, my FanDuel, I kind of lucked out. I had, um, again, I had Terrell Hatton, T3, and Tommy Fleetwood, who finished second. Um, so I only had four guys make the cut. I actually had to do a little bit of swapping around. Um, I had Joseph Bramlett in my FanDuel. He ended up withdrawing because I think because he made it into the U.S. Open. Um, so I swapped Bramlett out for Shane Lowry, and then I had Brent Snedeker, who I swapped to Trevor Werblow. Um, it didn't really do too much for me, uh, but I still, I, again, I finished in 50th place out of 100 guys on on double ups. So I I quickly did the double up money, and you know, not a sweat at all on Sunday. Definitely wasn't nervous on that. But yeah, I had Tommy Fleetwood, who was second, Terrell Hatton, who was T3, Justin Rose, who was eighth, and then I had Shane Lowry, who finished T43. So similar both to DraftKings, three guys in the top eight, quick way to win money. Absolutely. And carrying on the trend, um, two weeks in a row, you did win money. We have both, both humanized ourselves. Um, I lost money again. Again, I'm losing. It's so unfortunate because my losses are pennies. Um, you know, and a lot of the guys that I'm really high on, unfortunately, didn't pull through. Keith Mitchell, Aaron Baddeley, Sam Burns, probably arguably my top three guys out of five, all missed the cut, which is just horrific. Mark Hubbard, top 40, should have points bet him, would have yeah. raked in money on him. Brandon Wu won. Terrell Hatton, thankfully, won. But Shane Lowry shot like 150 on Sunday. Yep. Michael Kim lost by one. It was just, it was a very stressful week, so... All in all, 0.68 units down in the week. It sounds really bad, but we're still 60.11 units up in 2023 going into a major. I feel super confident where we stand. I'm learning more and more as I get through Shane Lowry that the guy is great for like three out of the four rounds every week. And he's probably going to make the cut. Um, but just one of these rounds on the weekend, the guy is going to shoot like 79 and he's going to suck it up. And unfortunately, that's just not a very effective way to have him in my no. betting lineup or in my DFS lineups. Cause like the made cuts are great, but when your guy finishes T45 and he's like the eighth most expensive dude in the field, it just doesn't really like, you know, move the needle for me. Um, better than that. Yeah. So I, my bets, again, I kind of stuck to a light week just because I was, I was prepping here for the U S open. Um, I went one for three. Um, I had Nikolai at T40 minus 140. He missed the cut. I had Ben Martin T40 at plus 110. He missed the cut. Um, but then I had Justin Rose top 20 at plus 105. That was a nice win. Um, so I'm down 0.95 units on the week to a um, a current number of positive 5.31 units overall. So we're still up. We didn't lose too much on an otherwise meh week when it comes to bets. Um, but you know what? We'll take it. Yeah. And then jumping into winners, I had Sam Burns. I took a flyer. The course fit him well. He did not play well, which is the hard part about that. And then I had Michael Kim, T41. I can't remember who I also had. I switched him at the last minute. Um, I don't, do you know offhand who I had? Um, I think you had Aaron Rye. No, that was a wild card pick. Was that a wild um, card pick you swapped to? Okay, never mind. Sorry. I'll just jump into it just because yeah. I'm on the topic. I had Aaron Rye top 20 or top 30 like and it was ridiculous odds and i go you know what let's have fun before a major let's switch it to rory that was stupid and then i also had adrian Moronk top 20 he missed the cut so terrible week 
Yeah, I don't remember who you had for Michael Kim then. I might look through um, our notes better from last week, but I, I am slightly curious on that. What if it was uh, Nick Taylor? It could have been. Um, so for my winner's picks, I had Nikolai. He missed the cut. And then uh, I had Fleetwood, and he finished second. It was, uh, you know, it's it's sad. I would have loved Fleetwood to win. It would have been a great first, like, first top guy of the year for me in terms of winner's pick. Um, but again, I'm losing to, you know, the guy who hasn't won in 70 years or the country who hasn't won in 70 years on their own course. It's it's something I can accept. I mean, second place is still second place. I'm, it's going to win me plenty in terms of the, you know, the one and done leagues. If you're in them, if you took Tommy Fleetwood, um, this is another good week for me in terms of this number. This is my I look this is my fourth top eight finish on one and dones in the last, I think, nine weeks. So almost every other week I'm finishing a guy in, in the top like eight to ten which is really all you can ask. You just want a bunch of top tens and just to kind of pony up on those. Um, I'll just loop right into, oh, sorry. What's yeah, up? and last thing about Tommy, if you guys didn't follow us on Twitter, your mistake and your loss, Liam and I both live bet Tommy Fleetwood. We had $10 each put in on the uh, bet. I cashed out mine when I went to a playoff, turned around a $47 profit or something like that. Liam chose to ride his. It's still fun. It's $10. You win some, you lose some, but we were so close. I, I felt like because I had him as a winner's pick, I had a responsibility to just kind of leave him in there for the podcast. It would have felt like I was kind of cheating the system if I would have cashed out early. Don't get me wrong. The money would have been great, but like I, I felt the need to go with it because I had it on the pod. Um, so I stuck, I stuck with it. Set um, myself up for a couple wild cards. Yeah, there you go. Uh, for my wild card picks, I uh, Nikolai is the top continental European at plus 275. Um, he lost badly. I think I think Ludwig uh, Aberg ended up winning that somehow. Well, that was who I never would have thought of won that. No, good um, for him, though. Yeah, my other one was Akshay Bhatia, just because, again, I like keeping an eye on him sometimes in the top 20. Um, that was a loss as well. I want to say he missed the cut. That was what I had in my notes, I want to say. No, Akshay was like 71st. He, You know, he makes the cut and then shoots like 77, 77. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. So... That's right. Um, okay. All right. Well, do you want to hang out around the... Uh... Yes. No. Screw that. Listen, RBC, <laughs> great. Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, congratulations, 69 years. Tommy Fleetwood, I'm sorry. It's a major week, and that's all I really care about because we're about to get into it. U.S. Open, L.A. Country Club. Um, this is course has changed like 100 times in 100 years, so this is going to be an exciting and super difficult event. Yeah, so the uh, course details, Jack kind of went over some of it. We're doing L.A. Country Club. Um, that's the host of the U.S. Open. It's in Los Angeles. It's a par 70 totaling 7,450 yards. Last year's winner of the U.S. Open was Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, some of the highlights on this course, you're going to want to look at the 11th hole. It's a par 3 um, totaling 290 yards. Um, which is a little absurd if you ask the average golfer. So the so the part that part three is going to be a little bit fun. If you've seen any of the social media postings, you can see how long some of the the rough is. Um, now let me be abundantly clear: the, the fairways aren't like you know narrowed. They're not like this a stick wide where you can only hit it in like a five foot gap and then you'll be fine. There's a little bit of give in the fairways around here. Um, some of them, some of them filter down to those. Uh... Yeah, some of them filter down is one of those like rough, like rougher areas. Um, but but generally, we're not looking at like eight foot wide fairways. There's a little bit of give on this course, which I appreciate because, like, you know, as much as I love seeing these guys shoot twenty over and still win, I'd like to see a little bit of red numbers. Uh, but th this year, I'd anticipate a win somewhere in the ranges of like six or seven under to maybe maybe twelve. Um, oh, I think it's probably going to be 
under eight, but I want to see much like the 2008 U.S. Open. I'd like to see even or under or like two over or three over. I want to see these guys pissed, mad, fighting, gutting four pars. I, I would love to see that, but I just think that somebody, I think a majority of the, 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 the field is going to be right around even par, but I think somebody's going to go out there and shoot like six or seven under and win the thing like that. The only problem and maybe because I'm like a hyper golf fan, like I love to see these guys struggle to go one over, three over, blah, blah, blah. The problem with these events that they're set up for is that the players hate them. So they talk yeah. trash about them. Then the media picks up on it. It's just really sad. But I want to see these guys suck, but not on purpose. Yeah. Um, just to kind of give you a rundown of guys who have had really good history at U.S. Opens in general. Um, again, this is the first time they've played it at L.A. at Los Angeles Country Club. Um, so there's no like stats behind this course. There's nothing specific about the course that we can really hold to outside of maybe, you know, considering it a close relative to what you, what you would do at like a Riviera. Um, but even then I wouldn't rely all of your banks on looking at, you know, Riviera course history and just betting the same guys to play well there. Um, that's a little bit judgmental and, and, and questionable at that point. So I, some guys that just do well at, at U.S. Opens, though, in general, which, again, I always think is a nice note to know. Um, Xander Shoffley has the best course history on U.S. Opens, followed by Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. Now, if you hear those five names, they're the five most expensive names on DraftKings and FanDuel, which makes sense. Um, so John Rahm won it in 2021. Again, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick won it last year. Between those top five guys, I think you have – like 17 or 18 T20s in the last five years on these on the U.S. Open. So it makes sense. And I think those are they're, they're the most expensive prices for a reason. So, all right, Jack, we going to run through uh, a little bit of DraftKings here? I thought you'd never ask, and we're going to loop the 10 and 11 categories together. So Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, and then I think the overwhelming favorite, Scotty Scheffler, according to the odds makers at least. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all I'm all aboard Scotty this week. So he's got six wins in his last 16 months. That includes the 2023 players and the 2022 Masters. He's he's finished 12th or better in each of his last 16 events, which is kind of absurd. Um, he also ranks first in approach, uh, or strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained around the green, and bogey avoidance. So he's got all, basically everything rolling for him, assuming that he doesn't lose. 35,000 strokes on the putting surface, he's pretty much locked into a top 10. Um, now, again, there is that hold on it there because if the guy decides he wants to completely learn how to hit a putt or forget how to learn to hit a putt, then, you know, could get a little risky. But I think at this point, Scott, it's Scotty and everybody else for me. Yeah, Scotty, I think, is far and away the safe choice um, in, in DFS plans. Um, just taking a look at the stats, the only thing we can talk about is putting him when he has a bad day. It's a 12th place finish. So yeah. much like John Rum was at the beginning of last year, we talked about like 16th place. He was sucking. So I think he's coming into this with super good form, especially coming off a memorial where he started, I think, like 74, 73, and then he bounced back. This yeah. is going to be one of those events where I think you have to claw. And if he can get going, I think he's going to be hot. I think that um, the second guy in this category that I'm targeting is Patrick Cantlay, which preface, we roast him every single major that at least I've known of him or been a yeah. fan of his. I think this might be the best major that suits his game all year. Um, 
coming into it with great form. I think he's, you know, his worst finish this year outside of, I think, waste management was like a 30th place finish. Yep. Um, and he had that 78, but I know he was being plagued by something. I can't remember offhand what it was, but he's been playing really, really well this year. And I think having the confidence to fire that tied or top 15 in the Masters and getting that major build under him, I think he can carry that momentum. Otherwise, it's going to be Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I mean, he Cantley was plagued by snailitis. Let's not kid ourselves here. Um, that's probably what it was. Uh, yeah, I think Kepka is definitely, definitely a good choice in, in terms of, of of history. Brooks is probably best at U.S. Opens of any major. Um, again, he's won what two of them now? I want to say so. It makes sense to get and, to Brooks and two live events this year. This guy's been on a tear. Yeah, he has won two live events. He's kind of broken. He's broken the seal per se. Um, so he's a little bit more on it now. My, I don't hate going to Hovland. I'm just going to say it. He's top 10 in every major ball striking category over the last 24 rounds, and he's seventh in approach right now. He's kind of like what more we all thought Morikawa was going to be with his elite iron play. The like, thing that scares me about Hovland, and he's talked about it, and a lot of the U.S. Open people that I've talked about it um, said the chipping is going to be as hard as it can get on a golf course in 2023. His chipping has absolutely improved to the 10th degree. But I also think that having that weakness, the margin for error grows and grows and grows. And him not being the caliber putter of a Jordan Spieth um, or maybe a Cantlay right now, at least, it yeah. might open that margin for error only in DFS play. I, I guess my question is, is that Rory has the weakness, weakness. Again, I'm putting hyphens on that because it's Rory. But Rory has a weakness in wedges, and then Hovland has a weakness in chipping. So, like, I feel like a lot of these people have a weakness outside of maybe, actually, not Scotty as putter. Okay. Uh, outside of what Brooks? Oh, everybody's got a weakness. Everybody. Well, all right. So, so exactly, everybody's got a weakness. But Hovland has been done a pretty good job of getting through his weakness, especially you know getting the win off of his back a few weeks ago. I just think that this could be an extremely good week, especially if you can get him somehow as like your second guy. You, you know, if you can somehow get like Hovland and Kepka in your lineup, I mean, that's a dangerous start. Don't get me wrong. You might have to scrape the bottom of the 6K barrel if you do it. But I think Hovland's a very dangerous choice this week. Yeah. And I think that it's going to surprise a lot of people that aren't necessarily involved in the golf world. But I think a lot of people outside of the odds makers are not favoring John Rahm a little bit and not to say that he can't go out there and win it. But I think for the price point of this tournament, I think that his price is a little bit elevated, which is really sad to say about John Rahm. Yeah. PGA, he finished the 50th uh, Memorial. He just had two seventies and a 74. Yeah. It was top 20 players. He had to withdraw API. He finished just inside the top 40. He's proven outside of, I think, the beginning of the year where he just catapulted that he has those opportunity for those misses in a major. Obviously, it exposes everything. Yeah. And I think that mentally he's been a little bit a touch frayed, which is really sad to say, because even after the Masters, when he went to RBC Heritage, he was in great spirits and everything. But this is going to be one of those events that is going to trigger every ounce of patience in the human body. And I think for the second most expensive guy, the three guys below that are, are, in my opinion, a better price. So let me ask you this. Do you want to rank them one through five? Because I have mine. Yeah, and I'm going to guess yours is Scotty, BK, Cantlay, Hovland, Rom. Is that right? Uh, it, Scotty, Kepka, Hovland, Cantlay, Rom. So just swap Hovland and Cantlay. I, th I think they're close. Um, but again, I just like Hovland's form kind of coming in. Yeah, I think it's Scotty. 
Adi, and then BK and Cantlay are one A or two A two B for me. Okay, and then um, Rom Hovland. I think Hovland with the chipping again. It's not for lack of a better term. It's a weakness compared no. to you and I. He's Jesus Christ in the flesh when it comes to short game compared yes. to us. Yes. Um, but I think that in terms of the major, where they're just talking about how brutal this can be. He has a tendency to explode and have one of those doubles or triples that can kind of snowball. So I think that's what's fraying me a little bit, especially at that price point. I mean, we say that, but don't forget Hovland also almost like he was in contention there at Augusta as well. And you arguably, arguably need your, you know, your good chip game around Augusta. I just, I just think we're, we're I'm, I'm almost, I'm trying not to overthink the chipping with Hovland. I'm trying to think that. He's he's gotten better at it, and this is a this is a moving forward point for it. Hovland is due for a major at some point. LA is not the worst option for him. Put that on the t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Are we jumping into the 9K range? Yes, there's only one guy here I like. Otherwise, it's injury, yips, personal training, scandal, capital, the freaking world. But it's basically Roy McElroy to Cam Smith. Xander Shoffley is the only guy that I am a hundred percent backing to the extent. I don't know why he's so low. He's killed it this year outside of obviously he's had that couple of yips. I think it was like API and Genesis where he finished awfully and just under top 35 or whatnot. Yep. This guy is just on another level in terms of what this course is set up for. I think a lot of the internal odds makers are seeing Scotty and Rom because that's what's going to bring in the most money from their casuals. But I think Scotty, or excuse me, Xander is going to be either three or four right there with Brooks Kepka in terms of what money will bring in between golf betters. If if you're looking for a lock, like a guy that is pretty much going to lock in top 15 this week, it's it's Xander Shoffley. So in four of his last five U.S. Open appearances for Xander Shoffley, he's finished inside the top 10. The other time, he was like a measly 14th. I know, it's really shitty. He should get better at golf. Um, uh, he's also second in the field in bogey avoidance behind Scotty Scheffler, and he ranks top 10 in approach shots while coming in above average in every other metric. So the guy is basically based on those numbers, he's going to finish you a top 15 and he's got very good upside to win. Let's also just say it again. I know it's not that important. Technically, this is like a home event for him. Now he's based out of San Diego. Um, so let's not really call it a, a home event because if anybody's listening from California and you, and I tell you it's a home event, you guys are going to shun me for life because of how far away those are from one another. But it is California, California to California. So it's it's the closest thing he's going to get to a home event. And I think this is probably the week, if any, to, to lock him in at the top. And he he would be a very strong contention for me on a lot, both cash, DFS, one and dones, everything. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Is there any other guy that you're willing to like a hundred percent back here? Cause I can't get to a hundred percent for anybody else. I think the closest guy for me is probably Cam Smith. Um, just, just based on the fact that he is nine K um, he's played well in these tournaments in the past. Uh, I mean, what did he do in the PGA T nine at the PGA? And then at the masters, I think he was T 34 um, on live. He's had, again, now live is live. There's only what 40 guys total. But he's had a couple straight top tens on the on the live tour, which is always nice. Which means he's kind of coming Everyone around. Everyone always finishes on. since uh, the Masters. Well, exactly. So he's kind of coming around on that. The big concern with Cam Smith is always accuracy off the tee box. But if he has a little bit more room, like he does here on LACC, I think he's closest to that number for me. But again, it's like Xander Shoffley, fifty feet of shit. Cam Smith, 
50 feet more of shit and then the rest of this grouping um this is a home field event for homa homa is from nearby la but again what majors homa has that major quote unquote yips he's the new cantlay he is the new cantlay um jordan spieth i don't hate going to this week it's a little bit of a question mark in my eyes um you know what jordan spieth are we getting is he healthy um, he's had some injury challenges. Fitzpatrick, he's technically back. He won last year at a, at a U.S. Open. He won recently at RBC Heritage. But, you know, what's his level of health? And is he worthwhile at 9100 when you can get somebody $100 cheaper that's arguably just as good? Um, and then Rory. I mean, Rory's, Rory's very dangerous this week, and I think he could do well. But there's plenty of good names around him. And you just don't know what kind of Rory we're going to get this week. I mean... It's 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 very hit and miss. Like last week at RBC, you could have arguably gotten a good Rory, but you didn't. So I don't know this week. Eh. Ninth place. I'd argue that's a pretty good Rory. The thing that scares yeah. me for this specific event is he ranks, I think it's outside or near 150th in driver accuracy. Yeah, yeah the guy bombs it. Of course, like RBC, you can get away with stuff like that. Some of the other events in the past. But in terms of a US Open, the fairway is going to act for anybody that's not been or studied the U.S. Open. If you've ever bounced a ball on your driveway, getting your cubs out of your trunk, and that ball bounces into the street, keeps rolling, and you're just mad, that's what the fairway is like. Then you go into the rough where you're just being penalized all over the course. Accuracy is going to be one of those things, just like you talked about Cam Smith, his only weakness. Rory the McIlroy is going to get in a spot. He's going to be in the rough. He's going to have to lay up. And wedges were proven to be a big mental block for him. I'm not saying it's an all or nothing, but when there's guys $300 below him in Xander Shoffley, yeah. you have almost $1,000 in Cam Smith or even $1,100, a guy we'll talk about in just a little bit. Yep. It's too volatile of a price for me. Yeah, no. Um, all right, so so let me. it kind of sounds like we both agree Xander is going to be one. I think Cam Smith is probably two. Um, do you have a different thought on who you think would be your second guy? I think it's 2A, 2B between him and Fitzy. Um, okay. I think Fitzy has a good combination of power, accuracy. Obviously, this is a little biased because he won last year, but there's no correlation between this course and L.A. Yeah. Um, so it's just it, those are the two guys outside of Shoffley I'd stamp on. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat. I'd go Xander and then, and then again, a, a big gap, but a gap to uh, Cam Smith. And that maybe my third would be Rory. Um, if you wanted to do it, but again, that's a very distant third to me. Um, I think this has an area has a lot of landmines. Um, so I'm going to do my best to avoid it outside those couple names. Yeah. And then, uh, jumping into the 8k, which I think is honestly one of the coolest. And if you're a DraftKings scalper, you'll see Dustin Johnson in this category and kind of freak out compared to what the money is, but it's Terrell Hatton all the way down to Cam Young, who in some aspects is also criminally underrated, but we'll get to that. Yeah, this is, see, where the 9K area scares the absolute bejesus out of me, this 8K area, I, I see dollar signs. I'm loving this area. Uh, people are really heavy on Justin Thomas to start this week. I don't have it quite the same way in my mind. Um, I understand that he's 8700 and that's a cheap price, um, but it's, he just hasn't had it all kind of together yet. So I'm going to be a little patient. Um, if I'm wrong there, that's when I'm okay being wrong on. I think Hideki is going to play really well this week. Hideki is is one of those guys with course history. He finished fourth at the U.S. Open last year, 26th the year before, 17th the year before that, T21 and T16. So he plays really well at U.S. Opens. Listen, listen, I'm a huge Hideki fan. I cannot tell you how much I'm fading in this week. Ooh. He is coming into this week 
with a back injury, a neck injury, a wrist injury, and now reporting an ankle injury in his practice round today. There is video of him cussing out. Um, I don't know what he was saying because obviously it was in Japanese. Cussing out, tossing clubs, slamming clubs, super frustrated and struggling out of the rough. And I had some indications report that he was making triples and quad bogeys um, from people that were on site. And I know Twitter isn't the most reliable source in the world, but it was being posted from a lot of people that are reputable in the golf industry. Yeah. I think if you're really, really mad at a practice round and you're injured in when rough is that deep wrist, ankle and knees, and especially your neck, everything is going to be up in the air in terms of condition play after four consecutive days. So I love Hideki Matsuyama, but I will be fading him this week. Okay, well, now now that we know that, it's a little bit more of a risk. But again, he has the history to tell you that he's going to play well on a course like this. He also fits out on the on, on in terms of the model pretty well for what it's kind of looking for. If you look at the sheet, he's a A-plus grade. Yeah. The other option is the guy that you like, Dustin Johnson. Um, if you nope. want some... You don't like Dustin Johnson this week? Tell you what, dude. Dustin Johnson used to be probably a top five favorite golfer of mine for a long period of time, especially when he won the Masters. You know, he hurt his back picking up a large child named Paulina, which got me bonus points because she is a... Ever since his win, he, like, he won in, I think it was like Tulsa um, yeah. for Liv. And then he went like 55th place, 23rd place. Um, Masters, he, I think, barely made the cut and then shot yep. like 78 yeah. He is pushing 40. I don't know how much is left in the tank. Accuracy has started to go down a little bit. Yes, he's a cheap, 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 cheap price compared to where he is on money line or top 10 or top five placements. I just don't get how you could get there in DFS when it's so up in the air, but I will be happily be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm actually kind of avoiding this 8K range um, specifically for me. I'm taking a little bit of a, of an, an eclectic approach to my DraftKings lineup this week. Um, so I'm not getting the DJ, but I'm just saying that at 8,300, it's not the worst option. He's got the good history to do it. If you think that, again, I don't know how much you take into account all the live stuff, but I think that's it's part of the reason for me I'm comfortable to go back to him. Yeah, I mean, the only guy that I'm 100% on board is Terrell Hatton this week. This guy's just been on a tear. I mean, I've yeah. said him like seven weeks in a row, so it's going to sound like a recycled record if I keep talking about him. But he's just done really, really well to fill the mold and what is needed for a really good professional golfer, taking him from hovering between 25 and 50 in the world rankings. He just continues to improve. I think he's building confidence. He's playing really well. I think his mental game is probably in the best spot we've ever seen it. And I think if you're a U.S. Open, you just need all those calibers together. And I think that he fires a good round. Gotcha. Okay. Can we agree we're avoiding what? Shane Lowry, Sam Burns, Cam Young? Cam Young's an interesting one because... Data wise, if you subtract his last like six events, he's yeah. an A plus for this field. Yeah. But 57, 75, 109, 59, 51 for his last five events is just absolutely terrifying for a guy that's 8K. We're $100 below him. We had a guy in a playoff for winning last week. Yeah, I think that's the big thing for me is those are the three I'm strongly avoiding. I mean, do we do we loop what like Sungjae in with that? Is there anybody else you want to loop in there? The funny uh, thing about Sungjae is the same thing with Cam Young. You take away those last three weeks, that guy's going to be probably $1,500 more expensive. Yeah. He kills it in majors. You talk about like masters. He's such a course fit. He's just been a little off kilter lately. I think he had like two or three 76s. He had an 80 in the PGA. I think 80, 81 to start. Yeah. So I think he's so volatile coming into this week. Now, again, 
This could be one of those things, much like the betters who are on Justin Thomas winning because of the odds. Sung J M at 8,400 could be the cheapest price we ever see him at in a, in a major where you're just looking for maybe a top 40 out of your guys that are in the 8K, 8,400 range. Could be the steal and a probably lesser owned percentage in these DFS plays. So so let me ask you, because you, you've got a couple of guys. What's your top three then in this range? Okay, number one, it's Hatton. Okay. Um, I think for sure. I like that. Yep. Two, I do think it is Justin Thomas. I think a lot of the oh. course does fit his mold that I think, yes, he has struggled. Yes, okay. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I think U.S. Open and majors he feels really comfortable with, and I think this could be a good fit for him. And then I think that maybe the third guy that I would go to um, is arguably Cam Young. Oh, it is a shocker because I just faded him like the wind. Yep. But you know, in terms of DFS only, DFS only at 8K. Or sorry, I didn't mean to say Cam Young. I meant to say Sung J M. Gotcha. Um, outside of him fading the last three weeks, he's just torn it up in terms of a lot of fields um the fields that he's done tremendous at in terms of like his top 10 and 15 finishes they have not gone to 20 and 25 under and i think for a guy that can shoot anywhere between three under and maybe three over every single day that'll put you in contention coming into the weekend okay no that makes sense i think my three um i don't know if i have an order specifically um probably eh, actually no we'll call it an order hatton and then I like DJ. I know you. I know you're not a fan of him. I think he can come around and show up and show up come U.S. Open time. And my third guy will be Matsuyama, just based on health. If he's playing and if the wrist isn't as bad as he says. But again, that's that's going to be a big question mark. All right, and with that, let's get right into the seven K range. Um, we're going to start off with Tommy Fleetwood at seven thousand nine hundred, who we've kind of talked about a little bit and given some hints away. Um, all the way down to oh wow, there's a big seven K range again. Who's at the bottom here? Minwoo Lee. Emiliano Grillo. Um, they him Wooly. Him Wooly. Yeah. Have you not seen his TikToks? I have. Yeah. There's a few of them in there. He's pretty good at it. He's uh, Ben Griffin's got to take some tips from him on uh, on how the TikTok works. I enjoy Ben Griffin's TikToks. He's so informational. I, I do too, but the guy's got to make a cut when he makes a TikTok. Well, I mean, let's be clear on that. Um, I'm going to start off just with Justin Rose at 7,700. Um, it's it, it seems kind of like the consistent play at this point, um, if that's even what you want to call a guy who's got basically what seven straight top thirty finishes. Or sorry, he finished T thirty six at the Valspar, um, but outside of that, he's got seven straight top twenty finishes. Then, um, so he's just been casually crushing it week after week. Uh, drivers on point, irons on point, putters doing just fine. Um, so I love him this week at 7,700. The other guy I'll get to is Ricky Fowler. Um, th- this is his 11th U.S. Open appearance, and he's made the cut in eight of them. Um, he's got four top 20s and three top 10s in those eight made cuts. Um, this year, Ricky is 10 for 11 on cuts with nine top 20 finishes and eight top 15 finishes. He's been playing way better. Again, this is a different Ricky Fowler, um, and I'm all aboard him this week. The third guy I mentioned in this range at 7,300 is Siwoo Kim. Uh, Siwoo Kim is a dangerous choice this week. Um, so he's made the cut in 18 and 21 starts this season, including five of the last six. During this time, he's posted three top seven results. Um, his big challenge is he, he's missed four of his previous five U.S. Open starts in terms of missing the cut. But you can probably argue that Siwoo is not the same golfer that he was in 17. In 2017, he's kind of grown a little bit since then. I mean, he won this year in Sony. You don't do that if you're, you know, still an awful golfer that can't make a cut at a major. 
So I think it's worthwhile to potentially look at Siwoo at 7,300. Yeah, I 100% agree with Siwoo right off the bat. He's actually eighth in driving accuracy percentage. And then he has obviously two top fives in his last four finishes. So form is not a question. I think just like you said, it might be more of a mental block with majors. Yeah. I can't tell you, I'd feel the exact same way if I was rolling up to, you know, Magnolia Lane or LA Country Club right away just to get that nervous feeling going in. Yeah, I mean, I think of Siwoo as like a cheaper Max Homa in terms of the yips at this course specifically. I mean, Homa, it's majors in general, but if you want to call Siwoo the uh, the same way here with the U.S. Open, I don't blame you, but I'd rather pay a guy at 7,300 who's got some yips in him at uh, at a specific course as opposed to a guy at, what, 9,000 or 9,500? Yeah, 9,400, yeah. so. And then some of the other guys, um, this might be a little bit more controversial considering what you think of. But Bryson Duchambeau, Douchebago, Duchambeau, don't want to get sued. Um, 7,600 for a guy of that caliber. He's slowed down his swing. He's trying to go back, obviously not to college, you know, USAM, Bryson Duchambeau. Yeah. He slowed down his swing. Accuracy has been a big factor for him. Three top fives, including two, or excuse me, three top tens, including two top fives in his last three finishes. His Masters at 54 is his worst finish. Everything inside of that has basically been top 40, 45. Ricky Fowler, 100% agree. Adam Scott, I think, will be another popular or super unpopular pick. I think a lot yep. of people are not talking about him in the golf world. Absolutely on a tear since the players. Um, take a look at a guy. Why can't I find him? Well, I like the gala at 7,600. Oh, sorry. Uh, Russell Henley, 7,100. There you go. He is number one. In driving accuracy percentage, and five of his last six finishes have been inside the top 20s. So again, form is not a factor. Um, his only cut was at the PGA Championship, which if you follow golf at all, did not fit Russell Henley's game in the absolute slightest. Yeah, I am hammering him at 7,100. Yeah, that's a it's a pretty good list we just kind of rattled off right there. Um, in turn, in turn, again, I kind of mentioned it. Sahith Tagal is an interesting one for me. Um, his best finish in the last like 10 weeks was at the Masters when he finished ninth. Um, so he's been kind of peaking in terms of these championships. You could argue that this is also a home style type course for him, being from from Pepperdine, um, and and, and playing college golf there. Um, so I definitely think that's a viable option if you want to get to Sahith, and he's got a little bit of a of a mold that could really fit this course well. Um, I like your picking Adam Scott. I'm surprised you're not sounding the alarm because uh, he's in this range of 7,400. Abe answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I that's that's really it. I think look I at his finishes. Yeah, I know, I know, and that's why. But it's just you know you don't get the chance to do it very often. Although you might next year if he comes back to the tour. Yeah. Um, um, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I have one more guy that I'd like to touch on. No, I th I think that's it for me. I think that's a that's a good number. We'll leave it there. The only other guy that I'll point out is Ryan Fox. Yeah, he is still he's a top thirty golfer in the world, maybe just outside top thirty now. Um, but he was twenty five last time we talked about him. Um, thirty, twenty one, and twenty three were his last three finishes. RBC Heritage, he withdrew with due to illness. Then at the Masters, he was twenty sixth, and then a handful of top twenty, thirty finishes since then. So 7,100, I think this guy is flying completely under the radar, DFS and basically everything else. So you can start off your roster, Ryan Fox, Russell Hemley, that's $14,200 and have a shoot load of money to continue. Yeah, I see, I looked at Foxy and Harris English. Those are the two are I contemplated saying something on. Harris English is an interesting one. You know, it's funny you say that because Harris English was a guy that in my little back end research and data compiling, 
was an interesting one that he kept piling up at a lot of the metrics that I was looking at. Yeah. Not to say that I will get to him um, just because he has that tendency to fly. But ever since he was on that Ryder Cup and President's Cup team where he was just having the time of his life, he's been trying to come back. Um, but I think he is he an opportunity. Otherwise, I mean, if you're looking for another guy that's in this price range, maybe Justin Saw. He's had a really, really tremendous year. He's been killing it. Um, so he's another guy I could get to, but I'm, I mean, I, I'm, we're lefties. I'm not getting the Phil Mickelson, Yeah, you know, ever since the him. masters, he's been 11, 13, then 45, 58, 44. So I just, I don't see it, especially when he tries to go out there and kill the ball accuracy. He's going to be the big thing this week. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, last thing I'll say, Harris English, his, his last four finishes at the, the U S open T 58, fourth, third t61 so he has those boom weeks so if you're looking for a little bit of the volatility you want somebody with a high upside um he's potentially the option to go to in this range i think foxy's probably a little bit more of the safer bet arguably would you agree with that harris English in my opinion maybe boom bust and then ryan fox is more uh more safety well, fox is a top 30 35 golfer in the world all right we'll we'll leave it at that and we'll head down to the 6k range which is scary but there are this is where the money is made in a lot of DFS, depending on how you play it. Yep. For me, number one, and this is just absolutely disgusting for me to say, but I think this is going to be a week that we may see the return of Brian Harmon. Ooh. You know, he's not a he's not a birdie guy. He comes out. Has he struggled this year? Oh, equivocally, yes. And that's why I think he's at 6,900, but his best finishes are always in majors. This is a week where we're not going to get to 20 under. So a guy that's I think he's one of the best, probably in the top 10% of bogey avoidance on tour. Could be a week we see him again. Yeah. Um, otherwise, guys, I'm targeting Kurt Kitayama outside of, I think, two of his last four weeks. We're like fourth, 20th, and then 120, 120. Yeah. But he's one of the best iron players on tour. Thomas Peters is down here, just withdrew. So please do not put him in your lineup. Um, but two guys that I think that are really going to fly under the radar. Um, one... And this is going to be a fun one. Gordon Sargent. Yeah. Number one, or at one point he was number one, obviously Ludwig, but now he's gone. It's kind of a toss up between a lot of the college players at Vanderbilt. Um, SEC player of the year, number one in the Palmer rankings, top three finalists for the Ben Hogan, top five for the Jack Nicholas award, male player of the year, division one, all American player of the month in February. He was the SEC golfer of the week for five weeks. He is a first team all American and he has un he he might be outside of maybe like a, a Rory, maybe a top five distance guy on this event. His three iron, according to the metrics that I was looking at, is carrying 303 yards. So if you that's, can hit an iron into that par three, you're gonna make disgusting. a shot on the field. That's absolutely but, disgusting. Isn't that freaking insane? Um, I think he's one of those guys that I think is gonna fly into the radar. I'm I'm hammering him a ton this week. Um, then there's a guy, Dylan Wu. Ah, that's one of my guys. So, so consistent, so consistent. He's 6,400 at Canada. I think he was like 7,500, so I don't really understand it. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy I'm targeting just for consistency. He's a cut guy. Obviously, he lists, misses last two in Charles Schwab at AT&T, but I think outside of that, he's made every single cut. And then I think everybody's favorite, Sam Bennett, um, will probably be a target, but, you know. Yeah, Sam Sam Bennett might be one of the most popular 6K guys, 6K guys Pause. this week. Pause. Yeah, well, hold on. We're going to re-edit that. 
no, Sam Bennett could be one of the most popular 6K guys this week. Um, I think because he played well last week at RBC, because he played well at the Masters, obviously people are starting to know about his name. I, I, it doesn't mean I want to go away from him. I think he's going to be just fine at 65, and I think he's probably my first choice if you're down at this range. Um, Dylan Wu, J- Jack just mentioned him at 6,400. Like, those are the two guys. If if you're looking outside of probably the 6,900 range, I, I would stick to one of those two guys. I, I think at that point, you're you're really just cutting straws between, you know, you, you're, you're picking blind out of a hat on which guy you think is going to make the cut. And I think those two have good, good, uh, play coming into it in order to make it work. Now, again, Dylan will miss two cuts, but prior to that, he was playing up a storm. Um, Carson Young, don't hate it. But Sam Stevens, you're not going to mention your guy? You know, I thought about Sam Stevens. It is a slightly longer course. Um, the the major kind of scares me with Sam Stevens. Um, I don't think he's played in a major yet. PGA. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He did play in the PGA. How do you do in that? I'm, let, me, let me look. Sorry. Uh, he finished that. 72nd. Okay, so he made the cut and then played awful. Um... So, yeah, I mean, Sam Stevens is a viable option if you want to get to it. Yeah, he shot 79 on Sunday. There you go. That would do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't hate going to Stevens either. But I think you're going to probably one of those three guys, in my opinion, or you're hanging out at like 6,907 Um, I just don't think there's a lot of need to get down here and get to, I don't know, Ryan Gerard. Um, I'm sure he's going to be just fine in terms of a golfer this week. I, he just doesn't, you know, like the switch for me. So, I think we'll stick to those. I think this will be... An interesting week because I think if you take a look at, and if you're interested and you have if you're bored on one of these days looking at everybody's DFS lineups, I think it'll be a healthy medium between guys doing a 8300, 8400, 85, 79, 93, and then guys going 12,000, 10,000, 10,400, 9,000, 75, 7400. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that there's probably multiple ways to get it right too, and it's just a question of whichever one works for you. So all right, do we want to uh, to get into our lineups here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start off with my DraftKings lineup. I am starting off with the big gun, Brooks Kepka, 10,800. I am then jumping to Xander Shoffley at 9,600. Terrell Hatton at 8,900. Ricky Fowler, 7,500. Russell Henley, 7,100. And then Gordon Sarge at 6,100. That's going to be scary. Yeah, that Gordon Sargent 6,100, if he makes a cut, that's going to open up a lot of opportunity for you in the top half of that lineup. Uh, for my DraftKings, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going to what I feel like is top-heavy a little bit, but, we, we, you know, we're making it work. Um, I'm starting with Scotty Scheffler, 11,400. Second, give me Xander Shoffley at 9,600. Third, give me Justin Rose at 7,700. Fourth, give me Ricky Fowler at 7,500. Fifth, give me Siwoo Kim at 7,300. And sixth, give me Sam Bennett at 6,500. Nice. And then my FanDuel lineup kind of took the same approach, to be honest, so I apologize. Scotty Scheffler, 12,100. You had to get him in somewhere. Sander Shoffley, 11K. Matty Fitz, Matty Ice, 10,500. Terrell Hatton, 9,800. Russell Henley, 9,400. And then Gordon Sargent, 7K. Yeah. Um, I, 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 again, I kind of took the same on my FanDuel as I did on DraftKings. I think if, if you find a lineup you like in this range for something like a major, you have to continue to follow it. Uh, so for my FanDuel, I'm doing Scotty Scheffler, 12,100. I'm doing Victor Hovland at 11,300. I'm doing Xander Shoffley at 11,100. I'm doing Justin Rose at 9,700. I got Dylan Wu at 8,100 and Sam Bennett at 7,500. Yeah. So those top three names, I think are going to be dangerous. Uh, Rosie make a cut, finish top 20. Sam Bennett make a cut, finish top 40. 
I mean, it's five for six right there if that works. And then if Dylan Wu makes it, that's 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 the question mark. That's the game plan, though. Yeah, that is the game plan, quite literally, to a T. Um, all right, bets. Yes, and I'm going to go first because every time you've gone first, I've lost money. So I'm taking gotcha. the lead here because um, I'd like to see a big week. And um, number one, Russell Henley to make the cut minus 130. Think about that. That is he, his top 40 odds were plus 275. But in a lot of these U.S. Opens where the field's going to be bunched, you know, there could, there could be 34 guys at like one over, 34 guys at two over. So I saw the odds at minus 130 to just make a cut, and I'm trying to just capture some money. Yeah, Henley's the kind of guy, too, where on any given day, he might go out and shoot like 77. So the last thing you want to do is have a top 40, have him be in top, you know, 32nd all week. And then on Sunday, when he shoots 77, 78, next thing you know, you're like, oh, he finished 58th. Like, that sucks. So that made cuts just kind of that safety valve. Yeah, and I just want to see some green go through right to start the week. Um, Next is Patrick Cantlay top 20 at plus 120 um he is number 12 in total driving accuracy top 30 in 11 of his 12 events this year our level of his last 12 and he's actually number one in total driving um mm-hmm. in statistical category with long rough so i think accuracy is something that he's built into um next we're going to jump to this is probably the craziest odds i've ever seen this looks like a typo and the odds makers are probably correct in this this was locked in on an Iowa sports betting site where right now, if you take a look, his top 20 odds are worse than this. Xander Shoffley top 30 at minus 120. That's absurd. That was locked in in an Iowa market. And I can't even describe to you how happy I was. I was giddy like a freaking pony when I saw that. I was looking for his top 20 odds and they sucked. So I couldn't get to now, it. But Just to show you for the record that it is correct. I'm showing, I guess you can't really see no, it. But I, I, yeah, I can, I, I, I'll take your word for it. Jack's right now it's, about that. Yeah, minus 143 is what the line is up to now for top 30. I'm so ecstatic about that. If you can um, get them for under 150 on top 30 anywhere, just do it. Listen, what we do at the Turndog Golf Pod is um, we have a lot of sports books at our disposal. Liam has some in Illinois that I don't have access to. I have some in Iowa that he doesn't have access to. We're trying to find the best odds all across the place until we get sponsored by a sports book. <laughs> if you're listening, hit us yeah. up, turndoggolfpot at gmail.com. But um, right now, I'm just trying to capitalize and win as much money as possible. So Xander Shoffley, top 30, minus 120. You best believe that was a bankroll. Yeah. Um a guy that I think we're both really high on outside of Xander Shoffley is Justin Rose this week. Yep. Form, factor, accuracy. I have him at top 40, minus 135. I think that's a really good number. I also have Adam Scott at top 40 at plus 110. I think he's just a really good caliber golfer, and I really like him this week. One of the ones that I think another bet will be over by Friday afternoon, Cam Davis to miss the cut. Ooh. He has been one of the wildest golfers of this caliber year. He has like a seventh, a sixth, a fourth, another seventh, and then a hundred eighty eighth, one fifty one, one twenty. He ranks one hundred and sixty seventh in total driving accuracy. So I think a lot of these factors combined could lead to a maybe a missed cut. That's at plus one thirty. Um, I have Terrell Hatton top thirty at minus one ten, and then I have just a fun bet, but I really feel confident about it. Sanders Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, and Brooks Kepka top 20 parlay is plus 696. All I got to do is hit that one, and I'm that, gold. Yeah, that one will put a nice little boost in your uh, yeah. 
What's nice about it is if I hit that one, that means I hit my Cantlay bet at plus 120. And I hit my Xander Shoffley bet at minus 120. So I'm sitting at like eight units, nine units if I hit that one alone. Yeah, that 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 one pretty pretty much puts you up nine and a half units right there. Um, that'd be a nice little jump to your week. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jack and I are, are, are on a few of the same people. Um, Rosie, Jack's got him top 40 at minus 135. I have him uh, top 30 at minus 110. Um, it's slightly less eventful, uh, but, you know, I'm happy with that number as well. I've also got Ricky Fowler top 30 at plus 125. I've got Dustin Johnson top 30 at minus 110. I've got Scotty Scheffler top 10 at minus 130. I've got Adam Scott top 40 at minus 130 and i've got hovland top 20 at minus 120 um i think how again i'm high on hovland this week that's potentially the one if you're a little weary about taking one of my bets that's one i'd understand if you wanted to avoid but those other five i feel pretty safe on yeah the only other bet that i almost put in and you can try to tell me what you think about it tom kim to miss the cut that was one i almost got in i thought about it again he's just been an entirely different golfer after he won a couple times um, it's just not clicking the same way as, as it did when he first was coming up on tour. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, he's getting too used to it or maybe he's getting too used to the partying now that he's going to be 21 soon, but it, it's just yeah. not getting for him. He, um, the only thing that scared me off of it was the fact that he's like top, I think he was like fourth or fifth in total driving accuracy. Yeah. And I think it was like accuracy from deep rough over like a certain threshold, I saw those markers and like, ah, shoot, he could crack out like a 74th made cut on the number kind of event. Yeah, at a certain point, you just got to kind of kind of skip over that one and just and just know in the back of your mind, you're not getting to him and hope that hope that everybody else does. Don't get me wrong. I'll probably throw a couple of dollars on him on a side bet. But for this podcast specifically, where I'm we're monitoring all of our bets, I did not get to it. No. Um, All right. We're doing winners or wild picks first. Let's roll some wild card picks. Let's save the best for last. Okay. Um, one of mine obviously is going to be Gordon Sargent top 40 plus 250. Let's be honest. That's just going to be such a fun one to watch. Yep. Um, for majors, typically we do three wildcard picks like we did at the masters and the PGA, but we do the third one on the fly. So Liam and I each have two and we're going to figure out one on the fly while the other guy talks. Then yeah. I have Colin Morikawa to miss the cut at plus 450. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Everybody in the world who was driving, working out, doing some yard work, said, what the heck is wrong with this guy? He was on the Walker Cup team in 2017. This guy's one of the top 10 guys in terms of price point. He withdrew at the back injury memorial. Wells Fargo, he finished 114th. Waste management, 88th. His irons have been less than stellar. His putter's been meddling. His accuracy has been slowly decreasing. And as you know, back injuries are one of the worst things. I know it was a spasm, not necessarily an injury, but it affects more than just physical. Back is mental, it's nerve, it's all of these things combined. I'm a little bit wary, and that's why it's a wild card pick, but plus 450 is the number for those two. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jack and I both had a guy at plus 250, and then we both got a guy in the uh, plus 400s. Mine's a little more uh, eh, baseline, uh, pretty standard. I'm starting off with Victor Hovland top five at plus 400. This is one where, again, I, I have high expectations on Victor Hovland this week. And I could have taken him top 10. I think he was like 225. Uh, but I just want to see what he does this week because he's he's contended in each of the last few majors. And I think he has the capabilities to do it again. So this is me having high expectations on Hovland, but I'm not betting on it. It's a wild card pick for that reason, but that's plus 400. 
My other wildcard pick, again, this is somebody I just want to keep an eye on. Dylan Wu, his top, his top 40 odds are plus 250. Um, so I think that's a pretty you know safe bet to look into. Um, it just makes a lot of sense in my eyes in order to kind of keep an eye out for that because I think he's got a decent chance to sneak it in. I, I you know him or Sam Bennett was really my two choices between looking at top forty guys, and I think Dylan Wu's just a little more exciting because I had Bennett in both lineups. Yeah, I can't fight you at all. I think that Dylan Wu is definitely going to be a fun pick to watch, especially when we come down the line. Um, did you find a chance to look at a third wild card? That while we taking a look, or was that too much on the spot for you? I'm I'm tempted to look at one of like these South Africans for a top South African. I just want you to know that I can't pronounce any of these four gentlemen's names, uh, but it's incredibly tempting to look into because it's it, they got some funky ones. Wilco Nien Nienabar. That guy. Well, yeah. First of all, that guy is the guy in the DP World Tour that is like number one in driving distance by like forty yards. That guy is like six. He is like the flexibility of a gazelle. Let me tell you. Thristin Lawrence, Dion, yes. Yamashuis, and Aldrich Potgeiter. So for, for those of you who don't understand, um, what Liam's trying to say is he's not a degenerate like me and watching DP World Tour Singapore at three in the morning. Correct. Um, or watch DP two, DP World Tour YouTube videos. So um, that is what he is saying. Wilco Nieber is one of the, greatest hitters he's like brandon matthews on the dp world tour if i can put it gotcha so so here's what i'll do i found one that i like i'm gonna stick to it um siwoo kim top south korean over sungjae tom kim and kh lee is plus 260 so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a c a siwoo wildcard pick and hopes and hopes that he comes out and plays well so Hmm. so siwoo top south korean plus 260 over sungjae tom kim and kh lee i like it the one um the one I'm doing is going to be a safer pick. The one I was tempted to do um, is a Ryan Fox bet. What I had was Xander Shoffley top 10 at plus 245. I already have a Xander bet. Let's go Ryan Fox. Give me another guy to cheer going in to the weekend. Ryan go. Fox at top 20 is currently plus 475. There you go. Um, I like that call. I mean, I, I think, again, Foxy's a fun one, and it's a, it's a good one to kind of keep an eye on. Let nope. me let, let me nope. ask you, is there... His top 30 is plus 275, which oh, still counts you. as a wild card bet, and it gives me an extra 10 spots. There you go. That's that's why we'll do it then. Um, let me ask you this. Is there anybody you want to do a little head-to-head against this week now that we're in a U.S. Open? Yeah, um, let's take a look. Because there's because there's a few guys that are options. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing like a like a Fitzy versus Hovland. I got Hovland there, unfortunately. I think. Okay. Gotcha. I I know you're a little bit of a Fitzy guy this do week. Do you want to so take like, um? I'll do my Gordon Sargent versus. If you want to take Sam Bennett? Those are our last ooh, guys. I, li- in each. I like that. Yeah, we'll do we'll do Gordon Sargent versus Sam Bennett. Uh, that's a that's a solid one. And then who else did you like in your in your other ranges? Let me see here. You know what? I am doing just for fun. I am doing a fourth wild card pick, and I completely forgot to mention this guy, Rio Ishikawa. His top forty odds are, excuse me, plus seven hundred. I was gonna say plus like five hundred. Hey, do you want to do? Do you want to do a uh, Russell Henley versus Siwoo bet? Mm, no, because no. Siwoo was looking really good. But... Okay, what about? Would you do like a Russell Henley versus Dylan Wu? <laughs> Sure, I guess I'll take um I think you'd have, you definitely have a little bit of the, yeah. the favorite on that, but I wouldn't mind doing it. I'm trying to think of maybe of, of another good guy to get to, but I know you like Ricky Fowler. I know you like Justin Rose. So I'm just trying to think. We could do like an Adam yeah. Scott and versus then, Ricky if you wanted to do that. I don't want to cheer against Ricky, but gotcha. um 
for those who don't know, I did do my fourth wildcard pick at Rio Ishikawa. Um, a lot of people will not know the name, but if I tell you the story, he was that 15 year old um, that won on the Japanese tour in like 2000, early mid 2000s. Uh, and then he actually was like paired with Tiger Woods and Lee Westwood at the open. He obviously missed the cut. Um, he was dubbed. His nickname was like the Asian Tiger Woods or something like that. Um, he had like a 58 um, on one of the Japanese. This guy's a dog. And then he actually quit professional golf for a long time. Mm. He came back and qualified for the U.S. Open. And I think he has a little bit of an itch. Um, he's a Callaway guy, Travis Matthew, G-Shock. So I think he's having a little bit of success back and forth. And then I think this is a guy that can maybe come out of the absolute dogwoods and get you some money on DFS and maybe even my wildcard pick at plus 700. There you go. Uh, last thing I'll say, just if you're kind of looking into it, my, my, my current quote unquote, like locks of the week, if you want a few guys that I, that, that, that you're looking for in one and done. Uh, well, let's get actually through one and done first. Let's, let's get through our winners before I get into this. Uh, do you want to go through your winners picks first? Yeah. I went boring. Everybody Xander Shoffley. I there think, you go. I think he's number one. I'll probably save Scotty for a little bit of a more forgiveness in terms of the greens, Matt Fitzpatrick. And then I did have my pre-year pick of Max Homa. There you go. Um, yeah, again, I, I've, I'll just say it like it is. My winner's pick also starts with Xander Shoffley. Um, if that kind of tells you how, what, what the two of us think about Xander this week, um, I, again, I think this is a very good opportunity for Xander. He's probably my favorite person in this field outside of maybe Scotty, and even then he's contending up there with Scotty just based on how the course lays out for him. Uh, my second winner's pick, I'll take Brooks Kepka, just because, again, he's playing ridiculously well. Um, and he's he's done well to master. He's done well. He did well to PGA, and he's playing well now. Ever since he got the monkey off his back, so I think that that's fine. Uh, my pre-year pick was Will Will Zalatoris, which is unfortunate. Uh, he's not going to be playing for us the year, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, but we made that in shoot October, so you know yeah. in October he was looking a lot healthier. Had an opportunity to look a lot healthier than he was now. Um, so it's unfortunate, but that, that one, I can't stick with. Yeah, I like it. And unfortunately he was one of those guys that was on that Walker cup team. So I, at least he had a little bit of knowledge of this course too. Yeah. Some of the other names I contemplated in terms of winners picks. Um, I thought about DJ, but I already used them. Um, I thought about Scotty Scheffler. I almost got to him, um, over Xander. And then I would have, I could have potentially gotten to Ricky Fowler, um, uh, but I'd used him. And then my my last guy I thought about getting to was Adam Scott, just based on how, kind of how he's played recently. Um, but you could I think you could mix in Adam Scott or Justin Rose if you wanted to go a little bit down the board. Um, so it's really just kind of a question of which of those guys you want to get to. Um, but that would work. That works for me. I think there's a lot of guys in this field that can definitely show up. So I'm ready. Last thing I'll say, just because it's a major, if you could drop a like, subscribe, leave a review, you know, say good things about our podcast so that way more people can get into it. We're trying our best here in terms of getting you guys uh, information out each and every week. We'd like to think we're pretty informative. We keep things a little bit fresher here as opposed to some of the major podcasts you'll see where they talk about 75 billion winners a week. So that's kind of what we specialize in. I think the beauty of our pod specifically is number one, we have fun. Number two, we're up over 66 units and we're in June where a lot of these winners parlays or winners podcasts, no disrespect to them, are trying to break even. And a lot of those winners picks when they put 10 units on 10 guys and yeah. they come out at plus 1.2 units, we're up a lot of units on this pod. 
yeah so it's just a little different if you guys could drop a like subscribe leave leave a comment you know it, it, it's really appreciative again it's a major week but we do do this every week um, so keeping out we usually post these podcasts on tuesday morning i usually have them all out there by what three o'clock in the morning east coast time um so it's so it's all set up out there for you you can just w- listen to it on your tuesday drive to work but outside of that jack we are uh we are all set for the u.s open i'm ready all right and uh we'll leave it like that this is the u.s open let's go out there let's win a bunch of money and we'll see you guys next week <laughs> deuces <laughs>